Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Cosmopolitan's All The Way With. I'm Paisley Gilmore. And I'm Laura Capon. This week we'll be joined by Jamie, who met her husband on the TV show Married at First Sight. Cannot wait to discuss this. Me neither. I was going to tell you about something that I read this week that I thought you'd quite enjoy. Oh, you know I love anything relationship-based, anything to give me that tiny smidge of hope. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say, I'm all ears. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to stop my like terrible, cringy catchphrases. That's no, why sometimes I, I just say them. nothing because... <laughs> I need to stop them. Yeah, so what I read this week, it was, it's actually an old um, feature that I read, but I think it's still relevant today. Um, mm-hmm. And it's but it's based on a book called The All or Nothing Marriage by someone called Eli Finkel. And what they are like a psychologist, I know, born to write a book. They're a psychologist slash relationship therapist. And I'm saying they because I don't know their gender. They say that they know the reason why so many modern relationships fail. And it's really simple. Are you ready for it? Share. Apparently, it's that we expect too much from our partners. So like, we want them to be everything to us. We want them to be someone that we want to have really fun sex with, someone we want to go out boozing with, someone who supports us when we're feeling down, who is a good parent, who's hardworking, who like wants us to do well in our careers and that we're putting way too much on one person because no one person could ever meet all of those needs. And we need to rethink that. And so are they saying that back in the day, because if they're saying that modern relationships, back in the day, people mm. didn't expect that? Yeah, because you had, yeah, lower, lower expectations, <laughs> our, our family and our parents. Um, I feel like I've said this quote um, before on here, because I say everything mm. before. But it's like, I mean, not to bring it up, but it's like um, Charlotte in Sex and the City says that line of like, maybe you're, I mean, I hate the term girlfriend. It's very American. But maybe mm. your like friends are your soulmates and mm. guys or whoever, um, are people that you have fun with. And maybe that's part of that. Because I do, I do yeah. know what you mean. We do... I don't know it's like yeah you do want them to be your friend but then also it's like you don't want to then end up if we end up then just becoming friends it's like well it's not a relationship anymore but you want them to be there for you as a friend but then also you want to like rip their clothes off wait (laughs) wait Um, Wait. (laughs) and yeah like the good parent thing as well so but then what's the answer because then 
if you just don't expect that, so, right, so I'll yeah. just accept that whoever I end up with or is, can only be good at one thing and then I just have to accept that they're te- <laughs> terrible at everything <laughs> else. You're really not funny, but you are good at shagging, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I haven't read the book, That's it's on my list, but I what I would take from that is that I would make a list of like the the the, the elements of the, the relationship that are most important to me. So I would want someone to be fun, compatible re-shagging, and also someone that I could trust and rely on and say, you have to meet these three. You don't have to meet the other ones. You don't have to, you know, boost me in my career. You don't have to, I don't want to be a parent, so that's irrelevant to me. I think just choose which ones are deal breakers for you and then don't accept... What, and then Does that like, make sense? Present it to them, no, or you just to have it, it to them. <laughs> your PowerPoint, Let's get your PowerPoint <laughs> out, hun. <laughs> With like those moving graphics. So, as in, you just have it in your in your head. I I do agree with it. Yeah. I do think we expect too much, but I just I don't know how to lower my own expectations. Right. Well, maybe you realise you look at your friendships or your family relationships, and you think actually, I get my. I don't know, emotional support from so-and-so and I get this from someone else. So maybe I don't need the, a partner for that. Maybe my partner can okay. do for other things. Okay, that makes sense to me. Because I do think, yeah, yeah, there's certain, I don't know, like if you wanted like support with your work, I guess you have like your colleagues that know more of it. I guess it's just that feeling mm-hmm. of that you want that feeling of that they don't care. Like they might not be it's like that thing of like, oh, I'm not great at this, so you're going elsewhere to get it. But I still want to know that if I did go to them, they would like care. They just might not be great. <laughs> Does yeah. that make sense? I got, yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm sure they would care. Your career is fascinating. <laughs> you're the worst. That, I didn't even I didn't even mean that sarcastically. It just came out. <laughs> I've been on this morning thrice and I'll never stop about it. Um I know. <laughs> Everyone check it out. She's a natural. But what if you don't have, I just thought, um, and I'm being completely thinking to myself here, what if you didn't have like a group of close friends or if you didn't have family? What if, because for some Mm. people, their partner is their only person. Yeah, I think that can be really hard, but I think it's important that you do seek out uh, friendships, relationships, whether it's chosen family or literal blood outside of your relationships, because you don't want to get into a state of codependency with another person. And it's really important you have things in your life other than your relationship. So I think that's a whole other story, really. Amen. Also, not to keep plugging your work, but that just reminded me, didn't you write something for the... I'm always like, didn't you write this article? But you did a thing on trying to make friends when you're older. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, Bumble... Is it Bumble BFF? Mm Mm-hmm. Or just clubs, like bowls. I saw some people bowling. I mean, admittedly, they were a lot older than probably most people listening to this podcast, but take up bowls. <laughs> Only you would come up with that as a solution. Want some take friends up. in their 80s? <laughs> take no, up but then it, then it would be like the holiday. Think how much heat and rich Kate wins its life. Is it not bowls? <laughs> <laughs> well, not bowls. Let's just bring Jamie on. Let's... We're joined today by Jamie Otis Hayner, who appeared on the first ever season of Married at First Sight back in 2014. Six years later, she's still happily married and now has two children. She's here to tell us what it's like to marry a total stranger. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Thank you so much. 
Um, I am an original Married at First Sight fan, so this is a big deal for me. (laughs) (laughs) So nice to meet you, you, ladies. Yeah, thanks for coming. Could you start us off by telling us a little bit about your relationship history before you went on the show and why that kind of led you to apply? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, prior to Married at First Sight, I, you know, I honestly, I had custody of my siblings in college, so I didn't really, I don't know, date around too often, I guess you would say. Like I was quite serious in college, you know, getting, making sure that I was getting good grades because I really wanted to have a job that could support myself and my siblings. And so I did have a boyfriend. Um, I had, I had a lot of kind of, um, you know, issues choosing men who were like having healthy relationships. And I knew that because I, you know, I grew up, you know, watching my mom have a very dysfunctional relationship with my stepdad. Um, so long story short, I essentially needed help, (laughs) like just kind of like deciphering between a healthy relationship and, um, one that wasn't so healthy. And when they called, they actually didn't, didn't apply to be married at first sight. They had actually cold called me and said, are you having trouble dating? And, you know, Manhattan basically. And I was like, yeah, I actually am. And they (laughs) said, and I had actually been on the show, the bachelor as well prior. And I was like, I'm not, I would never, I did not want to have to do a TV thing again. Cause I felt like I made it quite a fool of myself (laughs) on on the bachelor. I I was very silly, uh, just trying so hard to be like, almost like sexy or something. And whenever you try to be sexy, inevitably you are not sexy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, um, I wasn't very sexy at all. And, uh, so, you know, when they called, they, it just seemed so sincere and genuine. This, it was called the love experiment. It wasn't called married at first sight. And it, they explained that it was experts who were kind of, you know, going to evaluate, scientifically evaluate multiple singles in the tri-state area. Uh, and then they were going to if they happen to find a pair, they would match you with, you know, quote unquote, your perfect partner scientifically. And then from there, they're not just going to be like, Oh, let's see what happens. They're going to actually like coach you and, and be with you along the way of your relationship to see if it will work out. And for me, I was like, wow, that sounds incredible. Like I could really use all the help I could get. (laughs) So I was like, okay, you're going to do this for free for me. Thanks. And, uh, and then towards the end, they said, well, you're actually going to marry that stranger and you know, everything still applies, but you'll be having a legal, a legal binding marriage. And I was like, what? (laughs) But at that point I was like, what are the chances they would find my perfect match? And you know, six years later, <laughs> here we are. So <laughs> I feel like I would definitely sign up for that though. Like you say, it's, it is like your like personal matchmaker. Like, yeah. That offer does not come around. How old were you at that point, Jamie? Cause were you looking for oh, um, yeah. like marriage? You know, what's so funny is I'm from a, like a very, like a small country town and where I'm from, you know, you kind you tend to get married young and have your babies young. Like 22 isn't like isn't absurd in any way, shape or form. Um, so, but by the time that I, that they had called me, I was 27 years old. And for me, I, I thought for sure by the time I was 27, I'd be married. I'd have had some couple kids by then. So for me, like my clock was already ticking. Although now that I'm much older, I'm like, geez, 27, you're a baby yeah. girl. You have time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Right. Um, so what were you, I think I love that insight that you knew you wanted a healthy relationship, but what were you looking for in a partner, regardless of what they found for you? What were you looking for? 
Yeah, I was very clear about what I was looking for and and kind of like my deal breakers because like I said, I had already been down this like TV route before and I was like, I don't want some, I didn't know that, I, I just know that I wasn't going to pretend that I was into someone for TV. I wasn't going to do, I just genuinely wanted true love and marriage and it seemed like they were, that was like kind of what they were going for as well. And so I made it very clear like what my deal breakers were. And some of the things I asked for was someone who I could bring home to my small country town. Cause like I said, I was living in Manhattan at the time. So, you know, I, I was so used to just seeing all these city slickers that like just, Ugh. I don't know, were like showing off like their watches and their business suits. <laughs> and I'm like, they will have nothing in common with me and my <laughs> family because that's just not how I grew up. And I wanted someone that I could bring home who would be excited to go like, you know, four wheel riding and like, I don't know, see like the baby cow be born and, you know, just, I don't know, enjoy roughing it in the mud with my family because that's, that's just who I am. And I want my family to feel comfortable around him. You know, they, they obviously mean everything to me. I just, I really wanted someone who was going to be very loving and welcoming to my whole family and that my whole family would feel just as loving and welcoming to him. And it's pretty shocking, but they, they really hit the nail on the head with, with my husband. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I've got, I've got so many questions, but I guess, did you tell people that you were doing this and what were their reactions? Because obviously it does sound a little bit odd. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> a very good question. Cause I, I get that question a lot. Um, yeah, no, I, t- of course, everybody, you know, I worked at Columbia Presbyterian hospital. I was a labor and delivery nurse. I'm, I'm a nurse and, um, all my coworkers were like, are you crazy? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Except from, I had a, a, a two Indian coworkers and, uh, and they were like, actually in our culture, we have arranged marriages all the time. And they had a, had an arranged marriage with our husbands and they were like, yeah, uh, you know, this could be something that's amazing for you. And we're really supportive. And I was like, wow, thank you. Um, and, Ironically, my mother was like, oh, honey, you're going to be a beautiful bride. Any man is lucky to have you. And I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. (laughs) It's just so in her character to be like, I don't know. She's just a little aloof. Um, But my siblings, of course, were like, what are you doing? This isn't a good idea. And I'm like, but I've always kind of been their uh, caretaker, I guess you would say, like their big sister. And so I was like, you know, they know they... I don't know. Usually it's my role to be like, no, you can't date him. He's not good for you. Like it's not really their role to tell me. And so it was, it's an interesting dynamic when they were like, but are you sure this is a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, of course everyone for the most part was really supportive. I didn't have anyone say to me, oh, well, I will, you know, disown you if you do this or anything of that nature. Um, so I was very fortunate for that. Yeah. And how did it work? So did you fill in like questionnaires or did they, Yeah. um, yeah. How does that process work? Oh my goodness. It's honestly a very, very in-depth process. So the first things first is you, they cold called you and said, are you, you know, having trouble dating and whatnot? And so then from there you, fill out multiple questionnaires that are given by a psychologist. And he wants to just, I guess, like double check that, <laughs> that you're not a little kooky, but I don't know anybody who signs up for the show is a little kooky. I can say that myself because obviously I did it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's multiple questionnaires about that and not even just that, but you literally meet the experts in person and they interview you. I mean, 
thoroughly. I mean, you're, you're sitting in an interview chair with these, with these experts and they ask you everything from your sex life to how you grew up to what you're looking for in the future. I mean, they're really, really in depth. And, and I really appreciated that because I was like, well, geez, if they're asking me these questions, then they're asking the guy on the other side. And if I do get a match, at least they know like exactly what I'm looking for. And if I don't get a match, then I know for sure that it wasn't meant to be. And, and obviously I'm okay with that. Um, but I mean, even Dr. Pepper Schwartz, she's a sociologist and she came to my apartment in Manhattan and she literally looked in my fridge and in my underwear drawer and oh everything. And I, yeah. Nice yes. <laughs> And, and so that's the first reaction is, oh my goodness, that's so personal. I can't believe she's doing this. But then I'm also like, geez, that's really good. Because if she's in, you know, my future husband's room and she sees a pair of panties, you know, I don't yeah. want to marry him. So I was like, this is great. I, I really felt like I could trust them and trust the process because it was so thorough. Also, I bet um, they're so invested because it's like their experiment, isn't it? And I, I guess yeah. as their passion for science like they really want to make that work as well and also I guess it's that stuff of like you know stuff you discover when you're living together like looking in your fridge and like those habits I guess they're like almost ironing them out in a way or like Mm, just checking if you would be compatible to begin with yeah they're doing all like the homework for you it's perfect (laughs) it was also though very trusting of you because obviously this is the first series like it's not like you've seen other episodes of the show and you know what to expect like it's very brave Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, they did show us uh, the the Danish version was the very first uh, version. And honestly, it was so raw and real. And and it really helped, it like kind of like convinced me more that like what I was doing, it, it felt safe because of course, being on The Bachelor, it's just so whimsical and fairy tale like, and it's not real life. And, and I never felt I don't know. Like I was genuinely there to, for true love, which I almost laugh at now. Cause I'm like, I don't know. Does anybody really go on that show for true love? There <laughs> are a few, you know, of course there are like, uh, Sean and Catherine are someone that like come to mind immediately. Um, but for married at first sight, I really wanted true love and marriage. And I really believed that I could trust the experts. Like I really felt like, 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 like you said, this was their experiment as much as it was my my marriage and they wanted success. That was the whole point of it. And so when I watched the Danish version, I could tell that it wasn't just this like, I don't know, full of drama made for TV type of experiment. It was really a documentary and it was like, can this work or will it, will it not? And, uh, one of the couples were still together when we were um, showed their version and I was, and they were trying for a baby. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like if that could be my life, like I just, <laughs> it gave me hope. I was like, Oh, I would love that. And then here we are like six years later, it's almost surreal now when I talk back about when we first got married, because you know, six and a half years later with two kids, I'm like, we did it. <laughs> <And I'm> here. <laughs> Little did you know that was going to be you. Yeah. Um, will you do us the honor of talking us through the wedding day and kind of walking down the aisle and how you felt and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you know, I was quite confident up until finding out that I had the match and I was like, oh man, this is real now. Like I, (laughs) there's, I'm actually going to marry a complete stranger. Like this is nuts. Like, am I, like, am I sure that I want to do this? And I really kind of didn't, I kind of pushed all those feelings of fear and whatnot, like in doubt to the back of my head, because I, like I said, I genuinely trusted these experts and I really didn't feel like it was just this like dramatic TV series. And so, um, 
the day of the wedding, I, I literally went for a run that morning to try to like burn off some of my anxiety. <laughs> that is impressive. I was, yeah. I, it wasn't that long. It was like five minutes, but I just like did it just to like calm my nerves a little. I was so anxious. And, um, and then I, you know, went back to the room, started getting ready, tried to be calm. My sister, um, had burnt a hole in her bridesmaid robe robe. And I was like, thank God. Like she did like something happened that like took my mind off of what I was just about to do. Cause I was like, of course she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Like I, you know, and I was like, Oh, it's fine. Like, thank goodness. Something happened to just take my mind off of the events that were about to happen. Um, but yeah, so just, I was very, very nervous. I, you know, I never knew my father growing up. And so I asked my brother to walk me down the aisle and he's my little brother. He's my baby brother. He's the youngest of all of us. And so of course he was nervous. And I'm like, I remember just saying to him before we, before the doors opened for me to like go walk down the aisle, I just said, um, let's make sure we walk slow. Like we're supposed to walk very slow. <laughs> like that's all I thought about. I don't know. I was supposed to walk slow down the aisle. Um, and fun, fun fact, like no one even opened the doors and it was, we were actually married in like an office, like conference room in the <laughs> West yeah, in a hotel. Cause it's season one and there's no budget for anything. But, um, so I opened the doors to my own wedding and then I step inside and then I'm like, DJ, I like stop walking. And of course, that does look quite dramatic, you know, because no one knows that I had told my brother, we had to walk slow and we were walking so fast. So I stopped altogether and I was like, okay, get like the slow pace. Cause I don't know, you envision walking down the aisle as a bride, <laughs> you know, when you're forever and you're like, you're supposed to walk slow and graceful and yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just bounce down at the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, and you know, honestly though, when, when I did see my husband for the first time, it wasn't, I was really hoping for like just some sort of chemistry or spark or romance, something, you know, that was like, yes, this is it. And, um, which was, you know, quite frankly, that is so, that was very silly of me because how, I mean, he's a complete stranger and I'm about to like give him the rest of me, like for their whole, my whole life. And how was I like going to think that we were going to be like in love at first sight? I don't even really believe in that. So um, I had super high expectations and, you know, when I saw him, I didn't feel any sort of chemistry or love or romance. I wasn't really attracted to him. And I was like, oh no, like what on earth did I just get myself into? And, you know, I didn't want to be rude to him. So of course I walked down the aisle and I re- kept reminding myself that like, I really, really trusted the experts in this whole process. And so I went ahead and, you know, said I do and whatnot, but it was probably clear that I wasn't quite certain about it. Um, and, but you know, my husband, he was just like, so calm and generous. And, and he even said that he thought that because, I mean, I, I genuinely had a panic attack, <laughs> like right after I said, I do, I literally like, as soon as I could find a, I tried finding like a corner where no one would see me. And I just like, fell to the ground crying. So I was like, why did I just do this? Like, I I felt like almost like I was making a mockery of marriage and people were saying that married at first sight is like making a mockery of marriage. And I wanted to almost like prove them wrong. And then there I was like. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Feeling almost as if I was just proving them right because I had no feeling of, you know, like of how what I envisioned I should feel on my wedding day. And so I just really felt, I just had such a panic attack and just like fell to the ground crying. And, um, um, so if you can hear any, um, little noises, um, Jamie's daughter has just joined her. (laughs) (laughs) And we did not want to, um, disturb nap time any more than we already have. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Okay, Gracie. So you've had your panic attack. Oh, yes, yes. Doug has said, like, I'm actually quite chuffed that you had a a bad reaction, I guess, because it proves that you're honest. So what, like, what happens after that? Like, do they just send you off in a room and go, go get on now? Uh, (laughs) Not kind of, but not entirely. So we had a, you know, a wedding wedding reception. uh, And that's where I feel like, you know, like I said, like the majority of my family and friends were like, what are you thinking? Like, this is kind of crazy. We'll support you, but this is wild. Of course, except for my mother, my mother was like, Oh honey, (laughs) you'll be a beautiful bride. (laughs) Um, but, uh, by the end of the reception, I remember saying to one of my really good friends, Sarah, who I work with at the hospital, I said, I don't know what to do. Like now I'm going to have to sleep in bed with him. Like maybe I put a pillow between us. Like, this is really strange. And she was like, Oh, Jamie, you know, he seems so friendly. Why don't you just give him a chance? And I like looked at her like, you're the one who told me this was crazy. <laughs> like, what do you, like, what do you now? Like you're telling me I should give him a chance. And so I was like, wow, like what, what did they all see that I didn't see? You know, like, I, cause I, I really was just crying the whole, I mean, I tried my best to pull it together and, and, and I, and I tried to be like polite, of course. Um, and it, I just don't think it came off as me being polite. Cause of course I'm just cr- a crying bride. I wouldn't, <laughs> I didn't, I really didn't want to like pretend like we were this happily, happily married couple, you know, for the wedding pictures. Like I felt like the photographer was kind of pushy, like kiss and all these things. And I was like, I don't even know him. Like, I don't want to kiss him or sit on his lap and like squeeze him. Like I don't, this guy, I just met a minute ago and you're wanting me to look like some happily married couple. And, and so, um, you know, I just felt like uncomfortable with that. Um, but yeah, so by the time the reception's over, everyone is just like really like rooting him on and hoping like rooting for our marriage. And I was like, what, like what just happened here? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think at any point he had that panic as he said to you or was he, um, Preacher. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, he also said that because I was panicking like that, it kept him from pan- panicking because he w- he felt like he wanted to like comfort me and, and help me feel like it was okay and, and things like that. And so, because he was kind of nurtured, like wanting to nurture me, it prevented him from freaking out himself. Like, and, and like he said, I guess like all of it together, like, because I was freaking out. He was like, okay, so I'm not the only one feeling this is like a little strange. And she obviously thinks the same thing. And so she's a real human and she clearly wants this just like I do. And so it, I guess like everything I was doing was actually reassuring my husband, which I don't, <laughs> which is, that's just so ironic because, you know, that's just crazy ironic, but it's amazing because I feel like anybody, like if tables had turned and my husband wasn't attracted to me, I would have been nothing but insecure and I would have felt inadequate and definitely felt offended by it. You know, like who wouldn't, but Doug is such a confident, strong man that he did not feel any of those feelings. He just felt like that was normal and that he was going to win me over and, you know, and he did. (laughs) I guess that shows you. you. Yeah. (laughs) The compatibility was like already there. So he obviously went home and then how did it start? So did you, um, did you like act like you were married or did you start like, was it like dating? Um, yeah, honestly, it was really just kind of like friendships at first. Like, like I remember the, after the, the, you know, after the reception, we went up to our honeymoon suite and, uh, we just sat there talking the whole entire night. All we did was talk and he, he, he like had this award from the governor about from saving someone's life. He did CPR and saved one of his coworkers lives. And I was like, wow, like that's pretty impressive. And, you know, I'm here, I am a nurse and I've never done CPR and saved someone's life, you know? So I was like, wow, like that, I mean, that's really incredible. Like, just like, I mean, like just out on the street, you know, like just walking around and whatnot. And so, um, he just had like a lot of accolades that like he had presented that kind of like made me this like book of his family tree, but also these accolades that he kind of gathered throughout life. Like he was a really big, like he was in the hall of fame for his high school and he had that award from the governor that he had saved someone's life. And they're just multiple different things that he was excelling at in life. And I was like, wow, this guy's not just like some dude pulled up from the street. I mean, he's a great guy. (laughs) And I was like, I kind of see, and he was so patient with me and so, you know, just cracking jokes and being funny. And so we just talked the whole night. I had no feelings of chemistry or sparks or anything of that nature, but I was starting to be like, oh, like he's a nice guy. Like we can at least be friends. And so the next morning we get up and we go across the street to get coffee and he insists on buying my coffee. And I was like, this is so weird. (laughs) Like (laughs) this is so awkward. So that was kind of like our first date. And then we went, you know, to the courthouse to sign our marriage license. And because I didn't know my dad, they had pulled me in the back because my birth certificate doesn't have two names on it. It just has my mom's name. And they questioned that, like if it was a real birth certificate and where, like, why don't I have a father's name on there? And I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing because this guy doesn't know anything about me. And, um, that is not obviously not one of my proudest things in life is to not know my father. And so, um, but he was just so loving and just, just so understanding and didn't ask questions. And then, you know, we're getting back in the cab to go back to our hotel room and there's 
you know, it's Manhattan. So there's someone selling flowers on every street corner. And he went and grabbed flowers for me. And it was just so, he was just so sweet and so not pushy and like just loving. And so slowly my ball started coming down. And then the next day we get on a flight to go to uh, our honeymoon. And at least I believe it was the next day. Uh, we got on a flight to go to our honeymoon and we talk the whole entire flight there. Maybe it was a two or three hour flight. And that's when I started having chemistry. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, I was like, oh, my feet hurt because I was wearing heels. <laughs> uh, he wears heels at the airport. Like, the airport. A legend. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. A women on her honeymoon. All right. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. That's it. The flip flop straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Also, like when you're in your 20s, I don't know, like I do never wear, you should see me on the flight now. Like I'm in a hat, <laughs> my hair's greasy, I barely have my clothes put on. <laughs> like, Same. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, my feet were killing me because I wore, you know, I wore like these wedged heel boots and, uh, and he was like, oh, let me massage them for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and, so, <laughs> and so I just started, you know, that's when I first started feeling like the butterflies in my belly. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think I kind of like him. And then when we got there, you know, we went from cold, uh, New York to this tropical little Island and, um, you know, it was warm. And so we got there and he like stripped his clothes off. We were going to go swimming and I saw his body and I was like, Whoa, he is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, and then the rest, you know, that's, that's the beginning of the end for us. Like, yeah, the rest (laughs) is history. Do you remember how long after the wedding slash the moment it was when you realized, Oh shit, I do actually really love him. Uh, I think the moment that I realized that I loved him, I think there was many moments, but like I was always kind of scared to bring guys home, I guess. Like I never really did um, because like, A, I was a little embarrassed of how I, how I grew up and, you know, just, um, just scared of the dynamic in general. And he was just loving, patient, accepting, just so kind and gave me space when I needed it. And on the ride home, you know, I live about four hours north of Manhattan and we were living in Manhattan when we were newlyweds. And, um, on the ride home, we just talked an awful lot and I shared stories with him about, you know, just difficult things that happened to me in my past. And he was just really loving and understanding and listened. And I just really felt so connected to him. And I didn't know if it was love or not, but, definitely more than friendship, you know, at that, yeah. you know, for sure. And, um, and yeah, I think that, I mean, there was, I can't ever pinpoint like one time that I felt like I was in love with him. I think it was like a, a combination of multiple different times where he just proved that he was trustworthy and res- like he was re- very respectable and, and just loving and caring. And he was always there for me regardless of, you know, regardless of everything and anything, he was always there for me. Um, what's your relationship been like since the show? Of course, you know, like it's any, any relationship it's been, it had its ups and downs. I mean, we've been through so much together because we really did kind of date while married. And then we decided, <laughs> yes, we are in love and we do want to really make this work. So we ended up renewing our vows. Um, oh. yeah. I was going to say, we- did you have like another, another wedding where you went crying in the corner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did do that. Um, even before our first year of marriage, we did that. And it's on, um, 
you know, married at first sight, aired it. But then we did it again at five years, just privately, just between him and I, mm. just, the, just the two of us on a, on, in Curacao, like a small little island, oh. just to, just for us. And I think every five years we, we made a vow that we're going to, you know, either have a big celebration, a small celebration, some way to just celebrate our marriage because it is so unique. And, and I mean, I think everybody should do that anyways, just have an excuse to celebrate your marriage and and your love, you know? Why do you think it worked for you two? Because obviously, actually, I would say with Married at First Sight, it, it's more of a successful show than a lot of other kind of dating shows. But you guys are like the success story, really, aren't you? The, the poster children for Married yeah. at First Sight. So why did it work so well for you? I I honestly believe Mommy, that... It, what are you calling this is, this is Paisley and Laura, honey. <laughs> do you want to say hello? No. No, oh. okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's all right. Um, yeah, but I think the reason that it worked for Doug and I is because we were both, we were just two people who genuinely wanted true love and marriage. And we wanted, I mean, we really wanted it for a lifetime. And it's not like we had love at first sight. It's not like we, I don't know, had this strong connection or anything of that nature. It was just two people who genuinely wanted real love and marriage. And we were willing to be patient and put the work in for each other. And then of course, I I mean, and I don't say that like not everybody else wanted true love and marriage because of course they did. But sometimes, unfortunately, you don't get that spark and you don't get that that connection. And so then it doesn't always work for everyone, but we were lucky enough to, to get that spark and that connection. And, and that really kind of kept us together on top of like all the work that it takes to keep a marriage afloat. (laughs) Do you know if there was one thing that the psychologist said that, that made them know that you two were a good match? That's a great question, Laura. I know. I just thought it. So I I love that one. My own experiment on myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, I don't, you know, what's really funny is that when we were first married, I was like, what is it that, how do they know that he would be so great for me and and I would be good for him? And like, how, why do they match us? Like, I don't understand. And I don't know if there was one thing. I think ultimately I said repeatedly that I really wanted a big loving family who would be very welcoming and accepting of me because I just, I felt like I just didn't have, I don't have that myself. You know, my siblings and I are very, very close, but my extended family, I think that they may have thought that we would be drug addicts, like my mom maybe, and like, you know, things like that. So they really never, I don't think they thought, I don't think they thought very much of us. Um, of course, now we've proven that we're not drug addicts and that we have jobs and whatnot. And so we've become closer, but I think that it was, I made it very clear that I really wanted a big loving family to be a part of. And, um, and I think for Doug, he made it very clear that he'd have to be married to someone who would love his family because family means so much to him. And maybe that's what kind of, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe that might be the one thing that yeah, really va- like, like values, family values. Yeah. And we also both really wanted children. So there was no, that was never an argument whatsoever. Like we were both ready, <laughs> ready and willing for kids. Although I was a bit more ready than him, but but still, like that, I knew that he was going to be an amazing father, and that was also a huge deal breaker for me. Like, I needed someone who would want to like have kids for sure and have lots of them because I want to like build my family, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I wanted someone who was going to be 
you know, who's really going to enjoy the the role of being a dad and being a husband. And, and he does. I mean, I remember at like every event ever, like, and even with my own family, you know, you'll find my husband over in the corner playing with the kids. And that was like my first sign, like, oh my gosh, he's going to be such a good dad. Like instead of, you know, hanging with the adults, you know, gossiping or whatever, he'd have, he has way more fun, like playing cars and trucks <laughs> with the kids. So for uh, any listeners who may be looking for love in their lives, is there anything you've learned from the experience that you can kind of take out as advice for them? Like anything you've learned about relationships or love? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I learned immediately was kind of like, don't judge a book or the experience really with someone. Uh, don't, you know, the whole saying, don't judge a book by its cover. I would say that's so true with, with dating and like when you're meeting you know, let's maybe a blind date or going on your first date with someone and you're like, oh, that's not exactly who I, what I thought I would look like. But also like, don't, don't judge your first date so heavily. I mean, give someone a chance because if I had just closed my mind after our wedding, I mean, I would easily, I mean, if that had been anything other than a legally binding marriage, we would not be together today. And I would have missed out on like the truest love of my life. I mean, truly, like I would have missed out on my kids. I would have missed out on all of this. And so I genuinely, like anybody who's struggling to find love in their life, I would just say, you know, maybe what you've been doing up until now hasn't been working. So why not give the guy that you think is cute and sweet and everything, but maybe not for you, maybe give that guy a chance and try to see if, I mean, I don't know, like, because- it just seems like, like, you know, I think what we, we all envision our, our lives is always be having like that hot and heavy heat in the spark, but, but true love is going to be hot and heavy at sometimes. And then other times it's going to be like really working together. Like, I mean, Doug and I have been through, uh, you know, we've been in therapy together. We've gone through, we've gone through a lot together, but we've always stood by each other's sides and it hasn't always been hot and heavy. There's been times when we, you know, obviously it started off not hot and heavy at all. And then we, (laughs) you know, we got there and then we went through some hard times where it was no longer hot and heavy, but it's like, man, if you can find the person who will stick with you, like and climb the mountains with you and go through the hardships with you. And then when you get to the top and get past, like get past the hurdles and the struggles and the obstacles, like the love that you have and the connection you have is so much stronger that like any, like, I don't know, like any fleeing romantic, like heavy spark is just not, doesn't even compare to like true love, you know, like a long lasting love. So my biggest advice I think I would say is, you know, maybe give the person a chance, like a person who, you know, is a great, a great catch, but for whatever reason, you don't have that spark but you know, you know that they're into you, like maybe give that a chance a little bit more than, than you would have in the past. And also like, do not judge a book by its cover. Like maybe you're not attracted to this outside appearance, get to know the person, because I can promise you that even if you're not attracted to someone at the first glance, after you get to know them and you fall in love with them, that you will think that they're the most attractive people in the world. Like you, you're going to be like, I was crazy to think you weren't hot. Like what was I thinking? (laughs) So I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned. And I wish I could share with everybody because man, like I was so close-minded prior to being married at first sight. And I, you know, I, I know that like, that's not abnormal. There's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I'm not into the way he looks or I don't have chemistry immediately. So nope, that's not going to work. And then you just move on, but you're missing out. Like give that person a chance. (laughs) 
I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I um, love a love story. I know. (laughs) And I love, um, Paisley knows, I love a love story. And Jamie, yours is now my favorite. So thank you so much for sharing it. (laughs) You're so sweet, Laura. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. And also thank you, Gracie. Really appreciate it. Your patience, Gracie. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Gracie, can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Gracie. (laughs) All right, ladies. Jamie. Oh, (laughs) so good talking to you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye bye. Um, so Jamie is possibly the cutest person alive. I know. I loved everything she was saying because it kind of goes against everything most people believe about relationships, which are you should be so attracted to your partner from day one, and if there's no sexual chemistry, it'll never work. But she's proven that's nonsense. Yeah, and I also feel like I kind of loved that she knew what she wanted. I feel like I could relate to her a lot, and um, Mm. I loved all her thing about like her main thing wasn't it was like family values so yeah. maybe that is something that I guess a bit like we were talking about at the beginning of what you want oh my god the someone. intro oh, yeah we linked the two together we did that uh, on purpose actually <laughs> dear editors <laughs> promotion for us <laughs> sorry but yeah so obviously like her most important thing from her partner was those family values um and yeah like how she said they've had counseling they've mm like weathered a lot of storms together and I think yeah there's definitely that thing of like it's not going to be easy but I guess what they're building like the family she's built together is is worth it I just I just I just loved it so final question for Laura Capon yes I will go on Married at First Sight yes Yes! (laughs) I would pay to see that I would no watch one's it. no one's asked me, but now I'm like I would do it a thousand I percent. Think, yeah, I can see that. If that's what you if you know what you want, why not get it by any means? That sounds bad, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, the wedding day does sound quite distressing, but yeah. um, I'm to be honest, I'm always having panic attacks about something. So. <laughs> What's another panic attack to you? <laughs> All right, we'll catch her on the next season of Married at First Sight, Croydon. <laughs> oh i mean okay i'm gonna wrap now i'm just thinking about my um future tv career slash husband right sorry (laughs) (laughs) we have come to the end of this episode of cosmopolitans all the way with thank you to jamie for joining us and to you for listening if you have any sex questions or dating dilemmas message us on twitter or instagram at cosmopolitan uk cosmopolitans all the way with was recorded by number eight studios remotely and is available to download on all the usual podcast apps 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.